like everybody to, uh, <clears throat> on your tablets or phones or the old-fashioned way, actual Bible, um, will be in Matthew today, start out with chapter 5, we'll be starting chapter 5, so go ahead at this time, I want everybody to follow along, Matthew in chapter 5 is where we're starting. So there's always tons of questions people have, you know, with the 30,000 plus denominations, you know, which one's right, and then everybody gets in this bitter discussion about who's right and who's wrong, and it just becomes really confusing. And the scripture is written in a way that it's not confusing. There are some difficult passages, and this afternoon we're going to be studying uh, one of those passages that are difficult, and it's only difficult because we make it that way, and that is that sometimes the Bible doesn't give us information that we want, but that information isn't given to us because it's not necessary for us. Then the, the truth of it is is that, that every day we study, we learn something new, and, and we grow. But the common denominator in all the issues that we have is that we get involved in it and then we get our brains working and, and Christ already did all the work for us. God had already set up everything perfectly. And that includes giving lessons and teaching. The, the, the truth and the word is already there. It's simple. You know, the Jewish tradition was when they went uh, for their services was they would just read the word. Then they would hang out all day and talk about it. But in their, their worship and their service, that, that that's what it was. And to read it over and over again. So, what it comes down to, basically, for everybody's own individual salvation, is, you know, your faith in that. And, and it's not, there's nothing, there's nothing new under the sun, I believe that, because it's written in Scripture. But the debate about, you know, creation, everything else, to me, it's, it's simple. I have faith, and I have a, a faith now that I didn't have a faith when I was younger and that's, you know that just comes with being younger but in Genesis when it says God uh, created the heavens and the earth that's it for me okay scientists will, will you know, they, they spend billions now in trying to figure out about evolution and everything else they always come to that one point big bang theory, okay, great but the point they always come to is you cannot create something out of nothing. But we always go back to the point of at some point in your big bang, there was something. That singularity, what caused that? So as far as getting into any scientific explanation, again, that's all I need. Like, something had to be there. Uh, I believe everything written in, in the Bible to be true. So you have that faith part of it. And that faith is there. And then... A lot of times the Christians, well, well, what do we do? I'm, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm, I'm moral. I don't need God to tell me that. Well, the word's been there from the beginning. And we, we have an innate moral sense in us because of that. You know, that, that part of you that tells you inside what's right or wrong, that's your soul, which we also read in Genesis, that God breathed life into man. That was God-given. That's part of that, our, our moral compass. But 
since God knows we need all the help that we can possibly manage, he wrote out all those things about what, what we are to do as a Christian. On the Sermon on the Mount, I'm going to start reading in uh, chapter 4. Start on verse 23, chapter 4, verse 23. I want everybody to follow along. Follow along and, and, and you know, read it in your head along with me. And really take this time. We're here to worship. We're here to, to hear a portion of God's word. That's part of what we're supposed to do. So let's really uh, concentrate on what's being said here because it is exactly what we're supposed to do. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Seeing the crowds, this is Christ, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give you glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relax relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. 
But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the, those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, Go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? 
Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, 
what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek. And you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow And the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and the great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. So Christy asked me this morning, what are you going to teach on? I said, everything. She said, why won't you just tell me? And I, I said, well, everything. But that's everything. That's all we need. It's here. These things are great, you know, amplifiers to, to help people who have attention spans of two seconds, which is most of us, myself included. It's very hard to stay focused because we get everything quickly. But, you know, we call that the greatest sermon ever written. Of course, it was Christ who said it. So that's the answer. It says how we are to be and what we do. Now, the Bible doesn't just stop there. We have deeper instruction for everything, but on the surface, it's simple. It's simple. Our worship is simple. God did it that way on purpose because look what we've done to it. I love his church because it is simple. What do we do? God, what do we do? He says, come together on the first day of the week. Sing hymns and praises. Okay. So I don't, I don't need a half million dollar sound system. No, sing hymns and praises. Keep it simple. Use that extra money to go help other people. Get the word out. Okay, got it. So I don't need to think beyond that. Remember what I sacrificed for you as often as you come together. Okay, so do we do it on Christmas and Easter? No, as often as you come together. All right, got it. Okay, what else do I need to do? Pray and supplication. Not just for you. And he even goes into detail about that. Tells you exactly who to pray for. Why? How? Okay, I'll do that. Here a portion of, of, of what I've, I've written, what I've tried to teach you. Okay, that's too easy. So should I turn it into a show about, you know, uh, something to be entertained by? Or should, you know, well, here's the Bible. Uh, you know, you can read this and it'll teach people. Okay, got that. It's simple. Some of it needs a little more description, but salvation doesn't need it. Okay, got it. Then what do we do? We need to make sure that we don't 
forsake that assembly. We need to make sure that we're here. We need to make sure that we encourage each other, and that's part of being here. But ultimately, what we do here on the first day of the week, why we come here is to serve God and worship God and give him back that which he has demanded of us because he gave us everything. He breathed life into us. That alone deserves the worship, and it deserves the worship in the way that he laid it out. So we're told that we, we have to be saved, and that's another thing. Well, God, how do we be saved? How does this salvation thing work? Well, he helped us out with that as well. Acts chapter 2. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is in my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced, my flesh also would dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that he would set on one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, and that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? It's very simple. What do we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord, our God, calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. I'm assuming that's rain. So in case you missed it, because I know it threw me off, because I am only human, we're given the message 
So if you believe, if you believe in Christ and that he's the son of God and that he was sent to earth, holy man and holy God, so that we may be forgiven of our sins, we're told in Acts chapter 2 exactly what to do. So do I say a prayer and ask God into my heart and at that moment in my heart that, that you know, God, I receive you into my heart and that, that, that whatever else. Are you saved? No. Do you have to do that? Yes, but there's other things. It's a totality of what God said. We don't question God, but when man questions God, that's where we go off the rails. It's simple. It's as simple as Acts 5, 6, and 7. It's as simple as Genesis 1. It's as simple as this. Okay, I believe in Christ. What do I do? Repent and be baptized, all of you, for the remission of sins, and you shall enter the kingdom. It's plain. So this morning, we'd like to offer anybody who has not been baptized yet, specifically for the remission of sins, to complete all of that, that you do believe Christ. You've heard that, that who he was, what he did for us, and you believe that it is only through him that we can have salvation. And that obedience to him, in part, is that he commanded us to repent of your sins and be baptized for the remission of those sins, we can do that for you today. Be ashamed to die in this rain on the way home. That close. But also, if you are a faithful member, we are all sinners, and, and we do have that, that intercession. It's important. A lot of people read that in, in Matthew chapter 5, that blessed are, are the, uh, those that mourn. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. He, he mourned. Blessed are those who sin and mourn and have godly mourning for that sin that they committed. That's when God will forgive you if you have mourning for your own terrible self. It's okay. Blessed are you that, is, that, that you're blessed when you're able to recognize that sin you've committed and that it puts you in that position you're in. You are blessed and don't worry, he's going to take care of that. He's not talking about when mama died and it was terrible. Yes, it's terrible, but that's, he, blessed are those that mourn over their sin and all sin. So if you do need any, any type of uh, uh, help spiritually, uh, we do offer this opportunity so you can come forward at this time as we stand and as we sing.